Good morning, everybody. Anyone seen that clip before? Yeah, a few of us have. If you're new in the room today or new online, my name's Troy, I'm the pastor here, and you've joined us at a great time because we're starting a brand new series today that is called Adventure. And we're going to be looking at the spirit behind our vision, the spirit behind seeing and experiencing something that could be in the future through this little thing called adventure. Now, I believe that for the most part, we have lost the reality, the true meaning of what adventure is in our lives. And that is to our detriment because adventure makes us feel alive. And as we just saw in the clip, the possibility of adventure causes us to run and to leap and be all excited about what could be because the reality is there's something truly liberating about the notion of adventure but the problem is though when it comes to the concept of adventure is this some of us may feel that we are too old for adventure now we can't contemplate adventure anymore Adventure was for a time when we were younger or adventure was a time when our life circumstances were different but not now. We say to ourselves, I used to be adventurous but not now. So this is where what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks of our series that was called Used to Be helps us understand the notion of vision moving forward, the notion of adventure moving forward. Now, it is true, you may not be like you used to be. Jesus may have transformed you into somebody completely different from who you used to be. You may also now be very different because of age or because of life circumstances. But who you are today, the person that you are now, even compared to the person you used to be, it is to be used For a purpose. You are the way you are today for a purpose, and God has a purpose for who you are, and that purpose is adventure. That purpose that God has for you is adventure because adventure is a thing that makes us feel alive, and adventure is a thing that ultimately is a reflection of our faith in God. So today then is going to be just be like an introduction, if you like, to this concept of adventure. And we need to be spending a little bit of time talking about the notion of adventure because my belief is that, that the vast majority of us have got the understanding of adventure all messed up. And so today we're not going to have a whole lot of Bible in today's message, but it's just to help us engage with the concept of Adventure, but next week we'll be talking a whole lot more about how the Bible is actually a story of adventure from start to finish, is a story of adventure. And we're going to have a look at what it then means for us. Now, many Australians have been adventurous in our history, but no nation has a monopoly on the adventurous spirit. 
Adventure is something that embeds itself in individual people. It almost becomes like part of their DNA and it can't help but come out because it's a part of who they are. And so today I want to tell you about something which for most Australians is an unknown story. But it's a story of four adventurous lads who did something truly amazing. Now, as many of us will know, Wilbur and Orville Wright conducted the first controlled engine-powered flight of an aircraft whereabouts? Kitty Hawk in... 1903. Kitty Hawk is in North Carolina in America. In 1903, they did their very first flight. After this flight, aviation just exploded. Now, hearing of the advances in flight and wanting to see flight come to our huge nation, thinking that flight would actually help us connect ourselves together, the Australian government in 1919 which is only 16 years after the very first Wright Brothers flight, in 1919, the Australian government put up a prize of £10,000 for the first person to fly from England to Australia. You heard this story before? Some of us have? This became the first air race to Australia. The first plane to arrive in Darwin was crewed by, was captained by Ross Smith, and his older brother, Keith. And in addition to those two Smith brothers, there were two mechanics, a guy called Henry Shears and James Bennett. Now, the plane they chose to fly this 11,000-mile journey was an open-cockpit Vickers Vimy bomber left over from World War I. Now, as you can see, uh, this thing is quite large, but, man, it looks pretty primitive, doesn't it? Open cockpit and everything. It took them 28 days to do the journey, needing to stop regularly for fuel and to rest. Now, the flight was harrowing. For one thing, because flying was all new, this is the path there you can see there that they took, because flying was so new, it meant that no one on the ground had spare parts for the plane. So what that means that they had to take all the spare parts with them, which increased the weight of the plane considerably, which meant then they couldn't actually take any personal belongings with them. They could not even take a radio with them because of the extra weight that a radio would bring. So they couldn't actually communicate to anybody on the ground if something was going wrong. Now, the flight itself had lots of challenges with what may not only have caused them to stop the race, but also would have cost them their lives. Like there was one time when one of the mechanics had to hold on to the tail section of the plane to try and make sure that the nose didn't dig in when it took off from a muddy airfield in Tuscany in Italy. When they got to a place in Iraq, one of the landing spaces in Iraq, the winds were so strong that there was a fear that the plane would actually tip over, flip over. And so they got 50 people, locals, to actually lie on the wings of the plane as Smith moved the plane around to actually take off into the wind. When they got to um, Thailand, the clouds were so low and so thick that they couldn't see the peaks of the, of the mountains that they're trying to fly along. And because it was an open cockpit bomber, the actual... Um, 
the rating of the plane of how high they could go was actually below the tops of the peaks of the mountains anyway. And because of the clouds that were there, they couldn't see where they are going. They had to fly almost at ground level on narrowing valleys in a plane that was large and, for the most part, unresponsive. This was incredibly dangerous stuff. And then one, one of the last things is when they got to Indonesia, one of their last stops is that so muddy was the runway that they had to get the locals to make 275 metres of bamboo and leaf mats to allow the plane to actually take off. Amazing. But yet on the 10th of December 1919, they landed in Darwin. They landed in Darwin to a hero's welcome. 27 days, 20 hours since leaving England and within the 30-day window that was allotted to the race itself. Now, these four men instantly became national heroes and here's a photo of the na part of the national tour they did in the plane. Thousands of people from out Australia came to see this plane because of what they actually did. Now, both the Smith brothers... Sorry... Both the Smith brothers received knighthoods for their accomplishments, but the two mechanics were only promoted. <laughs> now, that was the things they used to do back in those days. But even the mechanics were highly respected. In fact, if you go to Melbourne today, if you go to the Botanical Gardens, there you see an obelisk that has been erected in, the, in, the, in recognition of the mechanic James Bennett for his part in the flight. Now, this was a truly amazing feat in Australian aviation history. Now, there was an opportunity to try something, an opportunity to be adventurous, an opportunity to do something that has never been done before. Even though they won't know, they didn't know how it was going to work out. And because of the spirit of these four men, aviation in Australia would be changed forever and then provided us a huge step forward to allowing, granting us access to the world. Now, we have to remember also that the feats of these four men was 10 years, 10 years before um, Charles Kingsford Smith did his stuff in the Southern Cross. 10 years before Smithy did all that stuff. Now, as many people know that story? Anyone, did anyone know this? Not really? Well, if you don't know the story, then you may not also know that in Adelaide at the moment, at the Adelaide airport, just out of the main terminal, you'll see this plane. The plane is actually housed there in a, like a museum, in like a special hangar, like you see there. If you go there, they'll tell you a little bit more about the story. And you'll also see an incredible sculpture of these four intrepid aviators. Now, I have an incredible... This story resonates with me so profoundly because Lieutenant James Bennett was my great-great-uncle. Here's a photo of me when I was... A lad in 1975, I think it was, when I went, when the family did our first trip to Adelaide to see the plane. 
You see, some of my earliest memories is hearing the story about Uncle Jim. It was a story that was told within our family of his heroics and his adventurous spirit. But that's our family story. How about yours? Do you have people in your family line who did something incredible, incredibly adventurous? They were pioneers of sorts. They may not have been aviators or early settlers, but someone in your family line did something truly adventurous. So what stories do you have to tell? Like I'm telling you my part of our family story today. Maybe after morning tea, the best thing to do is ask somebody, hey, do you have anyone in your family line who did something incredibly adventurous? That would make some interesting morning tea conversation, I would imagine. But if you had somebody adventurous in your family line, what has been the impact upon you? Do you feel like now that you have to be adventurous as well? Because I know that with Uncle Jim, I've got a whole lot of stuff to live up to. But what's been the impact upon you if you've had adventurous people in your family line? So in the vein of some adventurous ancestors that you may have, what is the most adventurous thing that you have done in your life? But the reality is, isn't it, that there's not too many things that haven't been done before these days. There's not too many new things. They're still yet to be accomplished in this world. Not too many places that haven't been visited. Not too many places that don't have a McDonald's anymore. So the question is, has the era of the adventurer now passed? Well, that all really all depends on what your definition of adventure is. Now, for many of us, we will define adventure as doing something exciting and new that we wouldn't ordinarily do. For many of us, whenever we travel, we call it adventure, don't we? Even though we have an itinerary of what we're going to do every day. Even though we've done, checked out all the reviews of the tour company. Even though we've checked out all the reviews of the hotels that we're going to be staying at. The places we're going to be eating. Even though just this year alone, thousands of other people will be doing exactly what we're planning to do in our trip even though we know exactly what we're going to experience, we still call that adventure. Now, sure, that may be that trip that we may do may be new for us and it may be exciting and it may be all that we hoped it would be. But does it actually qualify as adventure? See, the problem is that we have so lowered the bar in understanding what adventure is that I reckon if I spoke to my Uncle Jim today, he'd be embarrassed by what I now call adventure. Adventure is going to Melbourne and going to a surf park. <laughs> Let me give you a clear example of how much we have lost the true spirit 
of adventure. I saw this picture a little while ago from one of our fast, fast food chains. Interesting, inviting, perhaps making us all a little bit hungry right about now. But can you see what I may be referring to? Can't see it? Let's have a closer look. A porto. Adventure awaits. So is that what we now define as adventure? Eating a pulled chicken wrap. It's not the sort of stuff, is it, that makes the spirit soar and makes you want to run and leap like Bill Bobaggins did or would cause like my Uncle Jim to do what he did. So how does lowering the bar on what we understand adventure is affect you and me? See, lowering the bar on what we think adventure is makes us... it changes us about what we will want to do and what we will actually do. And it will usually be so much less than it could be or that we could be because we have changed and diminished our definition of what adventure actually is. See, diminishing adventure in our minds means that we will settle for something much more comfortable. But at the same time, we'll also convince ourselves that we're being adventurous. Even eating a pulled chicken wrap. Look how adventurous I am. <laughs> now, I'm not quite sure if it's passing comment about, what we, about the quality of a Porto food here. But we start thinking, look at it, I've eaten this wrap. I must be adventurous. The marketing campaign tries to tell us. But do you want to know what the real definition of adventure is? And you can look this up yourself. Google it for a definition of an adventure, and this is what you'll discover. Adventure means exciting endeavours, bold and often risky undertakings, even hazardous actions of uncertain outcome. And the most important part of this definition is the last part. So by this definition, when was the last time you were truly adventurous? What was the last adventurous thing that you did that was an exciting endeavour of an uncertain outcome or a bold or risky undertaking of uncertain outcome or even a hazardous action of uncertain outcome? When was the last time that by this definition, you were adventurous. You see, at the heart of adventure is doing something where you don't know how it's going to work out. When was the last time you did something and you didn't know how it was going to end? See, this comes back to what I talked about last week when it comes to our heart's gravitational pull towards our need for comfort. See, comfort comes to us even if we're trying new things, but comfort comes to us if we know how it's going to work out. We will try new things if we know how it's going to work out. 
That brings us incredible comfort. And so our heart deceives us into trying to give you the impression that you are being adventurous. But in actual fact, all you're trying to do is still be comfortable in trying new things. And so this is where the past fortnight of what we've talked about and today's message actually intersects. See, we let comfort actually sabotage adventure for us. Because if our spirit of adventure changes, if we, what we understand adventure to be diminishes, then we will not actually follow Jesus into what he's calling us to do. Because following Jesus has an uncertain outcome. You see, faith in God is a disposition towards adventure. Because faith in God is us preparing, being prepared to follow him, even though we don't know how it's going to work out. That's the very nature of faith. Following Jesus, doing something that God wants us to do, even though we don't know how it's going to work out. God knows how it's going to work out, but we don't. That's the nature of faith. And by definition, faith then is an adventure is an adventure. We may not know how things are going to work out, but God does. And so God calls us to exciting endeavours, bold and risky undertakings, even hazardous actions at times, even though we have no idea how it's going to work out. And so here's the really important thing to recognise. Before God calls you to do something, he calls you to be something. And he first calls you to be adventurous, where you're prepared to do something even though you don't know how it's going to work out. I love the message paraphrase of something that the Apostle Paul writes in his first letter to the Corinthian church. This is what he writes. He says, God, who got you started in this spiritual what? Spiritual adventure. Shares with us the life of his son and our master Jesus. He will never give up on you. Never forget that. See, the spiritual life that you have come into through the transforming work of the Holy Spirit in your life, the presence of Jesus, that spiritual life that you, have, that you continue to be in, even though you are no longer like you used to be, you are older now, your circumstances are different. The spiritual life that you have today is actually God's way to invite you, to continue to invite you into an adventure. He started with inviting you on an adventure and he continues to invite you on an adventure. You don't simp- an adventure is not simply for when you first start becoming a Christian. Because following Jesus through your entire life is an adventure. Because your faith in God is compelling you to follow him in ways that you don't know how it's going to work out. See, following God, no matter who you may be today, no matter how different you are than what you used to be, is still to be an adventure. In fact, following God is the most adventurous thing that you can do in your life. 
And that's saying something for people who like to throw themselves out of perfectly good airplanes. <laughs> Following God is the most adventurous thing that you can do in your life. And so the purpose of your transformation, the purpose of you getting older, the purpose of your situation being different than what it was before, is because our faith in God is to lead us into places where we don't know how it's going to work out. But thankfully, he does. God leads us. He invites us. He offers us adventure. Even though we don't know how it's going to work out. But thankfully, he knows what can happen. He knows what's at stake. And he invites us to go on an adventure with him. He's asking us to have faith in what he's leading you and leading me towards that we don't know how it's going to work out. And so what he's leading us towards is ultimately adventure. But you may think age is a barrier to adventure. You know, the first clip that we saw before was in the sweep of the Lord of the Rings story is it right at the beginning of The Hobbit's tale? Right at the beginning. And it showed a picture of Bilbo Baggins, a young Bilbo Baggins, excited, energised and available for adventure. That's how the story of The Lord of the Rings actually started. Do you want to see how it finishes? This is how The Lord of the Rings story finishes with a very different Bilbo Baggins. Let's watch it now. Three rings is ended. The time has come for the dominion of men. I think I'm quite ready for another adventure. You see, adventure is not defined by age or capability or situation. Adventure is, de is defined by the disposition of our faith in God to do something where we don't know how it's going to work out in the end. It's us and saying, I can be used by God now, regardless of who I may now be compared to who I used to be. I can be still by, used by God in adventurous ways where I may not know how it's going to work out, 
but I'm going to go on that journey anyway. I'm going to go and follow where my Saviour is calling me to go. I'm going to do what he's asking me to do. You know, it's up to God to give you what he needs to give you, what you need for where he's, what he's asking you to do. But it's up to you and me to actually want to do what he's asking us to do. Do you actually want it? Do you actually want adventure in your life? Remember what I said last week. Because we don't want it, we won't even consider it. And we won't even consider it, we won't even try. So do you want adventure in your life? True adventure. Not adventure that we've now made up to think what adventure actually is, like eating a pulled chicken wrap. Do you actually want adventure in your life? Or are you simply wanting comfort? Comfort. See, remember, despite any associations that we may have attached to the word previously, the real meaning of adventure is exciting endeavours, bold and often risky undertakings, even hazardous actions of uncertain outcome. That's what adventure actually is. But the reality is there's something within the human spirit that craves adventure. That craves adventure. Regardless of how you may now be, deep within you is a desire for adventure. You come alive, not by eating a chicken wrap. You come alive by doing things where you don't know how it's going to end. Now, by this definition that we see on the screen now, being adventurous does not mean doing something that has never been done before, like flying a plane from England to Australia. For the vast majority of us, adventure lies in something incredibly more simple, but profoundly more significant and even more difficult. See, adventure lies in the faith, hope and love of Jesus expressed to other people. Loving people, engaging people is the greatest adventure that you'll ever have in life because with people, you never know how it's going to work out. Guys, remember that time when you proposed to your girlfriend to marry you? What that actually was, was an invitation to someone else to come into your world to mark a course for the years ahead where you don't know how it's going to work out. Guys, when you proposed to your girlfriend who then became your wife, did you have any idea what would end up happening in your life? You see, as soon as you bring another person in to your world, you don't know how it's going to work out. That's why marriage is one of the great adventures. But you're prepared to do that, aren't you? You're prepared to include another person in that because in your heart is a spirit of adventure. And girls, you said yes to the invitation of adventure. But you didn't know how it was going to work out. You see, people are the great adventure. People are the adventure. 
And so God is calling you and me in faith to love people. You see, adventure with God is actually adventure to people. Because we don't know how it's going to work out. But God is calling us in faith to go on an adventure to people. You want to make your heart sing? You want to cause your spirit to run and leap and feel alive? Go to people. Because guaranteed you won't know how it's going to work out. And that then gives us a glimpse into what we're going to be talking about next week as we talk about how adventure is actually the spirit of vision for us as a church. Adventure is actually what propels vision forward because we're going to do stuff to people and we have no idea how it's going to work out. God is calling us in faith to go on an adventure with him to people not knowing how it's going to be. Exciting endeavours, bold and often risky undertakings, even hazardous actions of uncertain outcome. That is what God is calling us to. That is God's vision for us as a church. And that is where our future lies. Where's your heart for adventure? Where is your heart for the adventure that I've spoken about this morning? Is that you? I really hope it is. We join me in prayer. Lord God, I give you thanks and praise that this morning that we get to consider something that we may not have heard about ever before, even contemplated for a long time, Lord God, but oh my goodness, how our spirit needed it. Lord, we have become safe and we have become comfortable for the most part, Lord God, in life and we've forgotten about the nature of adventure, the adventure that we need. We often forget that Jesus has come to give us life and life and abundance. And adventure makes us come alive. And so we know that with the coming of Jesus is a coming of a calling and an opportunity and an invitation to adventure in you. And I pray, Lord God, for anybody listening to my voice right now who you're speaking into the heart of and saying, come on an adventure with me. Come and do something where you don't know what the outcome is going to be. But I need you. I know what's at stake. And I need you to come on an adventure with me. Lord God, we recognize that adventure is not bound by age or situation or capability, but it's rather the disposition of our heart in faith towards who you are, to follow you, even though that we may not know how it ends up. Lord, change our hearts, challenges our hearts, affirm in our hearts the spirit of adventure so that we may do things that are exciting and bold and maybe even a little bit hazardous sometimes. But we trust in you. Our faith is in you and for what you're calling us to. Lord, I pray for anybody right now who, Holy Spirit, you're speaking into the heart of right now. Encourage us to be that adventurous people that you called us and created us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.